Welcome to this message from Eastwood Baptist Church, one church with two locations in Bowling Green and Alberton, Kentucky. To learn more, visit eastwoodbc.org. Now, may the Lord bless you in the hearing of His Holy Word. Amen. As you grab your seat, grab your copy of God's Word and go with me to James chapter 3. James 3. You know, big things often come in small packages. Kind of like that engagement ring that he pulled out of nowhere and then got down on one knee. That was a big thing in a small package. Or, or like that newborn baby, all swaddled up so tightly. And that'll fit just perfectly in the crook of your arm like a football, you know what I'm talking about? Big things in small packages are like that stick of dynamite, right? Only about that long, but packs punch that will split rock. Big things come often in small packages. Well, that's true of your mouth as well, right? It really is. It's a small package. I don't care how big of a mouth you think you have. It really is a small package. The typical human mouth is only open about two inches by two inches. Most folks can only fit three fingers. Try it out if you don't believe me. Three fingers this way and three fingers that way. (laughs) That's basically two inches by two inches, okay? That's the average size human mouth. And the mouth itself typically only holds about Two fluid ounces, which is a little over a shot glass full of liquid. Of course, good Baptists, they only shoot um, espresso, right? <laughs> okay, All right. So the mouth itself is actually, it's actually quite small, but big things often come in small packages. And so while the mouth itself is small in size, it can be really big. How many of you guys have ever known somebody with a big mouth? <laughs> Now, keep your elbows to yourself. I saw that. Keep your elbows to yourself. All right, like old Foghorn Leghorn once said, that boy, I say, that boy has a mouth like a cannon. Always are shooting it off. (laughs) So today we're beginning a new series called Potty Mouth, where we'll be looking at how to use your mouth to honor God. Now, when we hear the word, the phrase potty mouth, we often think about using vulgar words or, or cuss words, but a potty mouth is using your mouth in any way whatsoever that dishonors God, like complaining or gossiping or lying in harshness or like boasting and, of course, profanity. Folks who would never even dare to utter a cuss word still probably has a potty mouth. You see, we likely sin with our mouths way more than any other part of our body except for maybe our brains I suppose, right? We all have moments where we probably need to lick the soap like Ralphie from the Christmas story after he said the queen mother of all dirty words. Our small but big mouths can really get us into trouble. That's why our text today, James chapter 3, verse 1 through 12, is such an important passage of scripture for you and me as a foundation for this series. I'm going to invite you to stand this morning. I'm going to invite you to stand to honor the reading of the Word of God this morning. Here at Eastwood, we highly value and esteem the Word of God. It is God's Word to us. Not only is it true, but it is also practical. God's Word is practical. Let's look at what God has to say to us here. James 3, verses 1 through 12. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, 
For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, set on by uh, set on fire by hell for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind but no human being can tame the tongue it is a restless evil full of deadly poison with it we bless our lord and father and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of god from the same mouth come blessing and cursing My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Let's go to God this morning. Father, we come to you this morning asking that you would come and meet with us and bless us and teach us. Your Holy Spirit, Father, send it that we might learn and not just learn, but then go live this, Father. God, we've come in here today with all sorts of burdens. We pray for those who are in the job market. God, we lift them up. Father, we pray for those situations of grief and and sickness and estranged family relationships. God, we pray that you would work in those situations, that you'd bring healing and reconciliation in those situations. God, we pray for those who are waiting patiently on God's timing. God, would you do that? Would you show them your perfect will for their life, God, that you might direct them? And God, we hope that every home would have Christ as the center, especially for parents who are trying to raise up godly children. These are the burdens of the hearts of people at Eastwood this week, God, and we lift those up to you. We pray you would help us today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Go ahead and grab your seat if you would. So today we're beginning a new series, like I said, called Potty Mouth. Here's today's takeaway. Today's takeaway is this, you must take control of your tongue. You must take control of your tongue. Now that's interesting because James 3, 8 says that no human being can tame the tongue. You say, well, what do you mean, Ben? How am I supposed to control it if we can't tame it? Well, the Bible says that you can't. A human being can't, but with God's help, by God's grace, you can Take control of your tongue and you must because your whole body is to be an instrument to honor God. So our text today gives us three reasons that we must take control of our tongues. The first reason is this. We should take control of our tongue because even though the tongue is small, man, it plays a big role. Even though the tongue is small, it plays a big role. And James here in this text makes that clear in two ways. First, he does so by pointing out that we will be judged by how we use our words. So the words coming out of your mouth, the words coming off of your tongue are a really big deal. Look at verse 1. Verse 1, James says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. 
For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So explicitly here, James is giving us a caution, right? Not everybody should jump up and say, I'll teach that, Ben. We should be cautious about not only who we put in front of others, but who we ourselves put ourselves in front of others. Because those who jump into a teaching position will be held with higher accountability to God. Those who teach will be judged with greater strictness than those who don't teach. Now that should make every single one of you who is a Bible teacher in some form or fashion tremble. I mean, just a bit, right? Whether it is an adult small group or a youth small group or a children's small group, even the preschool small groups or even the person on the platform in the pulpit. Every Bible teacher should take seriously this caution to use our tongues to teach truth and not falsities, to teach God's word and and, and not our opinions because we as teachers and preachers will be judged more strictly than others. But the rest of you, you're not off the hook here because implicitly here, this verse is teaching that every single person that I see out here today, every single person on planet earth will be judged for your words. Because if there's a greater judgment, as it says here, then there will be a lesser judgment. And a lesser judgment is still judgment, all right? Jesus teaches this explicitly in Matthew 12, 36 and 37. Jesus says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you'll be justified and by your words you will be condemned can you believe that every single word if you came in here today not thinking that you need a savior there is no way after seeing that text right there there is no doubt you need a savior i need a savior and the only savior is jesus christ Right, We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all condemned. You thought you were a good person, but you didn't know maybe that even the words, every careless word you've said condemns you. And it only takes one sin to condemn someone. You need a Savior. You need to run to Jesus Christ. Our tongue plays a big role as evidence for us and as evidence against us on Judgment Day. But James points to another reason here. Another reason the tongue plays such a huge role is this, is that it's the direction of your tongue. The direction of your tongue is is connected to the direction of your whole body. Your whole person, your, your whole life, where the tongue goes, we go. Or maybe another way of saying it is where the tongue is, we are. Where the tongue is, we are. He says in James 3, 2, he says, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. So he who can control his tongue is able to control his whole body. And then he gives us two illustrations here to prove this. First a horse, and then a boat. First a horse, and then a boat. James 3, 3, he says, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that, we can ob- so that they can obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Now, I know that there are some skilled horsemen here. 
in, in, in the church, right? You, you, know how to, you know how to ride a horse. Uh, you, you're skilled. You can maybe even jump over stuff. I know some of y'all do that. Y'all like get on horses and jump over stuff. That's amazing that you can do that. I do good to hold on when they trot, okay? But if almost every one of us here, we've at least been on a horse. And to control a horse, what do you have to control? Their mouth, right? We simply put a bridle over their face with a bit in its mouth that's attached to reins that we hold on with our hands. And if we want the horse to go right, we pull the horse's mouth to the right. And if we want the, the horse to go left, we pull the horse to the left. And if we want the horse to stop, we pull back. So to control that whole big 1,000-pound horse, you basically have to control its mouth. And a boat works in a similar fashion, right? You direct that great big old boat with just a little rudder. Look at verse 4. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. Now, of course, the bigger the boat, the bigger the rudder. But nevertheless, the rudder compared to the size of the whole boat is quite small. In that water, right, that, that little rudder in there swiveling back and forth, left to right, controls which way the boat will sail. And so just like the horse and just like the boat, the direction of your tongue is connected to the direction of your life. If you want to see in your life, or if I want to see in your life, is your life directed toward God or away from God, all I have to do is hang out with you for a while and listen to the words that come out of your mouth. And the same is true for me, right? If you want to see the direction of my life, just hang out with me long enough. Hang out with me when no one else is around and see what comes out of my mouth because our words themselves will tell people the direction of our life, where our direction is headed, where our life is headed. So I ask you this morning, are your words Godward? They should be. They should be, an, they should be indicative of the fact that we are chasing after God. Even though the tongue is small, guys, it plays a very big role. There you have, therefore, you have to take control of it. The second reason we should take control of our tongue is that the tongue is potentially very dangerous. The tongue is potentially very dangerous. How many of you this morning would say that you have been hurt by the words of somebody else? Anybody? I still remember to this day, to this day, I was at K4, pre-K4 at Potter, uh, Potter, uh, Potter's Christian Home and School. That used to be a school as a daycare. And I still remember to this day, this little girl, I was wearing this cute little buttoned-up shirt that my mom and dad had worked so hard to get for me. I look cute, man. Big curly afro. I mean, it was just beautiful. Beautiful. But that girl that day looked at my shirt and she said, that shirt makes you look so fat, makes you look like you're going to have a baby. And I never wore that shirt again, ever. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie, isn't it, church? That's a lie. It's just not true. Not only do words have an emotional impact, but because our emotions are linked to our physical body, words can indirectly, physically impact us as well. If you don't believe me, just go home and talk ugly to your dog and see if it doesn't, you know? No, don't do that. I'm kidding. Don't do that to your dog. But you've done it before and you know, right? You talk 
to your spouse in a harsh way, or you talk to your children in a harsh way, or, or let your boss talk to you in a harsh way. And all of a sudden you can see the shoulders slump, the face droops. Words physically impact us, not just emotionally, but physically impact us. Words can physically hurt us. That's why James 3, verse 5 and 6 says, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. It doesn't take much for a fire, for a blaze to break out, right? Most of us frequent the, the Great Smoky Mountains from here. We all remember just, in, in just a couple of years ago in 2016, that fire that burned up 16,000 acres of the National Park and the surrounding area, causing almost a billion dollars in damage, injuring 134 people and killing 14 people. It was a devastating fire. And it was all started with one little bitty fire up on a hiking trail near Chimney Tops too. James says here how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever started a fire with your tongue? Has your mouth ever been a flamethrower? I've been there. I've done that. And I and those around me have the burns to prove it. The tongue is potentially very dangerous. James says here that the tongue is set on fire by, by hell itself, and it will burn your entire life down to the ground. Marriages are ruined by uncontrolled tongues. Relationships and friendships are ended because of uncontrolled tongues. Jobs are lost because of uncontrolled tongues. Trust is broken because of uncontrolled tongues. You all remember the song as a child, Oh, be careful, little tongue, or oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Beloved, you must take control of your tongue. But I tell you this morning, it won't be easy. It won't be easy because verse 7 and 8 here says, For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. You see, humans have tamed lions and tigers and bears. Humans have tamed eagles and snakes and lizards. Humans have tamed dolphins and sea lions and seals. Humans have even tamed killer whales. Maybe you saw Shamu back in the day. But no human being can tame the tongue, it is a restless evil. And oftentimes when you think you have control of it, just something like that, man, and it's back out, right? That's why you and I this morning, we need God, guys. We need God if we're ever going to control our tongue. We can't do it in our own strength, but by the power of the Almighty, we can. Therefore, if you and I have any hope of controlling our tongue, then we've got to lean upon God's strength and I say to you this morning, God will gladly give it 
You can't let that thing run wild. It's just too dangerous. It's just too dangerous. Therefore, you must take control of it. And finally, the final reason this morning that we should take control of our tongue is that the tongue should be used for the purpose God gave it. The tongue should be used for the purpose that God gave it. You know, when God was making man and woman, he did not put a tongue in your mouth that you might dishonor him and others with it. I mean, just imagine for a moment, if you went out and you bought this baseball bat or or this softball bat for your son or daughter, and you told him, honey, go take this thing and I want you to smash home runs all day long. And you can't wait to see them take that bat and do some great things to be a hero on that field. But next thing you know, you look out the front window and there in the front yard is your son or daughter chasing their little brother with a baseball bat, trying to hit him. And that's never happened at 900 H.E. Johnson, I promise. (laughs) Okay, maybe a time or two, okay? But what would you do? You would quickly run out there. You wouldn't stand for that. You would run out there and, and you would discipline that child and very sternly you would explain this to them. That's not what I gave you the bat for. You're supposed to hit baseballs with it, son, not your brother. You would say something like that, wouldn't you? Again, I've had a little practice. (laughs) In the same way, guys, God gave you your mouth and that tongue in your mouth to do honorable things. He didn't give it to you to complain or to gossip or to lie. He didn't give you that tongue in your mouth to speak harshly or to boast or to profane. God gave you that tongue to do honorable things with it, to do righteous things with it. That's why our text finishes up this way. James 3, 9 through 12 says this, with our tongues, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, My brother, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour uh, pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. After a person cusses, you ever heard anybody say, you kiss your mama with that mouth? Right? Maybe you've had that said to you before. Maybe you said it. Our mouths were not meant to be potty mouths. They were meant to be clean. They were meant to be a spring that brings forth fresh water, not salt water. Like a fig tree is supposed to produce figs. And an olive tree is supposed to produce olives. And a grapevine is supposed to produce grapes. Your mouth is supposed to produce righteousness. It's supposed to to reflect the holiness of our God who gave it to us. Your tongue should be used for the purpose God gave it. Therefore, you must and I must take control of our tongue. Now today, I'm simply, I'm simply putting your tongue on notice, right? I'm simply raising awareness today that your tongue must be controlled. And over the next few weeks, we're going to get into the practical ways to do that as we deal with specific potty mouth issues. But on a windswept hill in the English countryside, this churchyard there stands a drab gray slate tombstone. And the quaint 
Stone bears an epitaph, not easily seen unless you stoop over and look closely. The faint etchings read, Beneath this stone, a lump of clay, lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May began to hold her tongue. Beloved, let's don't wait until we're in the grave. Today is your opportunity to control your tongue. Here's my prayer as we come to the end here. May you get the best of your tongue so that you can give the best from your tongue. Hi there, this is Pastor Ben. I have something really important to ask you, but first, I want to say thank you for taking the time to make this digital connection with us through our podcast. I hope the message you just listened to was a blessing, but an even greater blessing than this digital connection would be for you to connect with us in person this coming Sunday at one of Eastwood's two campuses where we get the joy of living life together in Jesus' name. And now for that really important question, which is the most important question you'll ever answer. Where do you stand before God? Now, based on what you've done, the straightforward answer is that you stand guilty and condemned before God. You are a sinner who completely deserves God's wrath forevermore in hell. And I deserve the same thing also. I mean, every person does. Guys, that's terrible news. And even worse is the fact that there's nothing you can do in and of yourself to change that. You need a Savior. But I have good news. God loved the world so much that he sent Jesus to be your savior. Jesus came and lived the perfect life that you cannot live. And he stood condemned on the cross, dying the death you deserve. And three days later, Jesus was raised from the dead to prove to everybody that he is indeed the savior of the world. And now Jesus longs to change your standing before God by making a trade with you. He desires to take what you've earned, which is the wrath of God in hell, and to give you in return what he has earned, which is the blessing of God in heaven. When this trade happens, instead of standing guilty and condemned before God, you will stand forgiven and righteous with the promise of everlasting life. So what must you do to have your standing before God changed? First, admit to God you are a sinner. Second, hate your sins. Turn from them and ask God to forgive you. And finally, turn to Jesus in faith and love, putting your complete hope in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and follow him until the day you die. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, Jesus is ready to make this trade with you. And I pray that you would trust in Jesus and be saved. Thank you again for connecting with us, and I hope to see you soon at Eastwood Baptist Church.